I did stem cells too when I was out. The results of that have been great. So I'm really hoping that, knock on wood, knock on something, I've had some bad injury luck in my career. So I'm really hoping that it's behind me and I just get like a nice, solid run here of being healthy. That'd be really nice. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of Character. I'm your host, Ryan Satin. This week on the podcast, we got Tommaso Ciampa. Now, he's been on the show before, but it was a short episode because we did it in person at a pay-per-view over nine months ago. And I got to say, this episode blows that one out of the water. And that was one of my favorites to date as it was because Tommaso Ciampa, just his psychology brain... The way he looks at the business is so different than some people, um, and it fascinates me. And I think that's why he's connected so much as a pro wrestler. Wherever he goes, WWE superstar, NXT superstar, pro wrestler, wherever he goes, that man is getting over. And when you watch interviews like this, you'll understand why. Now, that's going to be in a second. Before we get to that, though, got to do a little bit of housekeeping. Make sure you're following WWE on Fox on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and more importantly, well, importantly, I don't want to put any social media over the other, but importantly, threads. WWE on Fox is on threads. I'm on threads. It's a positive atmosphere there. I'm I'm posting lots of threads. I think they're called threads. Uh, I know that's the name of the app, but I don't know. I think it's posts. Whatever you want to call it. You're stitching. You're threading. You're posting. Whatever. Make sure you're following WWE on Fox there. Make sure you're following me as well. And also, while you're following things, make sure you subscribe to the Add a Character podcast feed. That's where you can get the audio version of this show every week. And I appreciate those of you who are downloading the show, who are leaving ratings, and who are leaving reviews. Thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. It lets people know that this show is worth listening to. And so I thank those of you who leave the ratings or the reviews, and also those of you watching on YouTube. I try to make myself look presentable for you, so thanks for watching there as well. All right, enough rambling. Let's get to my conversation with Tommaso Ciampa. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Tommaso Ciampa. How you doing, dude? I'm here. You are here. I'm so happy I'm here. I was, I was at Disney today, and I just kept saying to myself, if you're not walking to the exit by 345, there's no way you're going to make it to this interview. <laughs> And I made it, so I'm so happy. What ride did you get to go on today? I assume you were the kids, so it was probably we, a kid ride. We did the dance party, which is so we did Kingdom yesterday. That has a bunch of stuff. That's great, but it's a pain in the butt to get in though. Uh, Hollywood Studios today, so mandatory dance party, and then we got to meet Ariel, which Ooh. is a big deal because it's like the new movie Ariel. Uh, we have not met her yet, uh, and then by then we just did a little bit of this thing in star wars where you have the cool bracelet and there's like a scavenger hunt tiny bit of that because we were crunched on time uh uh, we had family in town and then we had a jet so i made it home i'll tell you 15 minutes till i cooked a steak i managed to somehow eat the whole thing and now here i am so i'm very excited well i appreciate you doing that very much have you i haven't seen it yet have you seen i assume since you went and met ariel that you've had to watch the new little mermaid movie haven't seen the movie yet, no. So I think it's going to be tomorrow, possibly. Uh, pending. I don't know. Yeah, I, I never know with a four-year-old. I, I don't know. I, I have no say either. Who am I kidding? It'll be sometime in the next 10 days. 
I have no idea. We were going to see it in theaters because my wife, she just is like, she, that's like her Disney movie is The Little Mermaid. She's all about it. And then yeah. now that like the window between release in theaters and streaming is so close, it was after like three weeks, we were like, let's just wait a couple weeks and we can watch it at home. Yeah. So our go-to for a while was definitely wait with the app at home. She's been really awesome now about watching full movies and almost any movie you put on where before that was not the option. It was kind of like I have these three and that's it. Uh, so the theater now has become a great experience because she gets her big popcorn and she's just very excited. So we might do the theater just so that we can enjoy watching her watch it one more time. Love that. Love that. And I, I love that you want to give her that experience because I do think that that's what shaped me as like a movie fan was going oh, to absolutely. movies as a kid. Like it was one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. I, like, I, I remember seeing uh, Toy Story 2 and the theater giving it a standing ovation. And I, I'm not kidding. Since she was born, I was like, I can't wait till she'll do Toy Story. And she, it was not one of her first movies. She just wouldn't do it. And then when she finally did and happened, like seeing her reactions, was, oh man, it was like just the it's the coolest. Do you have any kids or no? No, no. I just got married this month uh, officially. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. But no, not kids. We take care of my wife's mom who has dementia. So it's a lot. As It's kind of like taking care of someone already. So it's a little tough to add another person to the mix. But now that we're officially married, I think uh, the clock is ticking on that at some point. Yeah. When it, I'll tell you, it's life-changing whenever it happens. And hopefully for the best. For me, it's been for the best. How old is your kid now? She turns five in September, which she tells me every day. That's, uh, that's she's crazy. ready for it. She already has her birthday plan. She's having Rapunzel and Flynn Rider come to her party. Uh, so we're on that, trying to make sure we get that all straightened out. When I say we, I, of course, mean mom, because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's every day. She, she'll just tell me, I'm five now. We went, we, not kidding, we went to Magic and she had a great day. This was, we go often. We went like a couple weeks ago, though, with some, other family that was in town and we don't often stay for fireworks we stayed for the fireworks she had such a great day the next morning she had passed out in the car i transferred right to bed the next morning when she wakes up first thing out of her mouth she goes daddy am i five now i was like no no baby you're still four she's like but last night was my birthday did you see the fireworks it's just like stuff like that you're just like damn it's, it's so unreal and living in florida what do you do and, and well, I'm you know Southern California, so we had Disneyland my whole life. Oh, and, yeah. yeah, and I my mom still to this day talks about me falling asleep like in the back seat with like the Blue Bayou menu that you could make a mask out of, just like in the back seat on my way home all the time. So these are memories you're gonna cherish forever, and it's awesome that you get to live right by exactly. there and go there all the time. Yeah, the best. I mean, where they're like, I feel like there's spurts where we're there twice a week on average, and then we'll, we'll you know we'll miss a few weeks, but then lately we've been a lot because we've had a lot. A lot of family and visitors and down. So, you talked about Toy Story being a movie you were excited to show her. Is there any like more hardcore, like not tough, like kind of tougher Rocky. movies? Yeah, All Rocky. The That's the ones every you want. Every Rocky, <laughs> every Creed. Uh, her first ever movie, and she'll never know this. Well, I mean, she'll know it when I tell her. But uh, when she was a baby, baby, and just you know, they slipped through life. Uh, we went to see Creed. And so that was the first, first movie that she was at the theater for. Uh, but she has never seen any of those. But there's so many, we were talking about this the other day. There are so many movies to catch up a kid on. Like, I don't even know where to begin when you look at it all. And you're like, man, like, how, how do you, in this year, 
It's kind of like when someone starts wrestling who wasn't part of the business, and you're like, how do you catch up? Like, <laughs> what do you do? I, I have no idea. Like, how do you even explain to somebody WCW and ECW? It's the same <laughs> with movies. I'm like, well, I want you to watch Denzel. I want you to watch Joe Pesci, but I want you to watch, you know, Vince Vaughn. Like, I just want you to watch Chris Farley. I want you to watch all these people. And, like, for her, it's going to be like, no, I want to watch, like, the new current whatever. Well, some will click because, like, my dad was the same way, dude. My dad was like, well, let me see if he likes this and let me see if he likes mm -hmm. that. So I'd get like a Mel Brooks, you know, some Mel Brooks movies or like some, you know, like a, ter a Terminator or, you know, things like that. Rocky. My dad was all about Rocky. The only movie I remember watching way too young was The Exorcist. Yeah, I was just like, this is too much for my is, young brain. Is that the one with the hammer to the knees? The Exorcist is the one where like, She's like puking up blood or puking up in the bed uh, and like crawling down of, the stairs backwards. Yes, that's misery. misery. Yes, yes. Oh, that yeah, was the definitely. one I watched way too young. I watched that one too young and it scarred me. That's what James uh, Charles, sure right? And Kathy Bates? Yeah. Yeah, right. misery. Yeah, yeah. Great movie. Great movie. All right. Well, people yeah. listen to this like Ryan. You're just going to sit here and talk about movies and some of them. I'm, I'm going to. Yes, it's a podcast. We've got lots of time. But I also want to talk a little bit about you. Obviously, the big thing that's, that's going on with you is that you recently returned to WWE after being away for nine months. How are you feeling physically after being away from the ring that long? So it's awesome when you don't have to wrestle. Uh, the concern, of course, is when you have to wrestle and you're like, oh, crap. So it's always hard to answer because I, I feel – I feel a hundred percent if I if I never had to wrestle again, I feel like oh yeah, I'm gonna live a good, healthy life. You enter the bumping, the traveling, you know, flights, car rides. It's it's too early for me to say. I've only had one match since I've come back, uh, and it's it's probably a hundred percent as far as like scientific, like healed, you know. But I have no idea what it's gonna do when I start to you know test it but hopefully I, I did stem cells too when i was out uh and i'm really the results of that have been great so i'm really hoping that knock on wood knock on something like that's some bad injury luck in my career so i'm really hoping that it's behind me and i just get like a nice solid run here of being healthy that'd be really nice i think stem cells you know from just not having to do it myself but from seeing the people who have you know done stem cell work it seemed to help a lot of people. Like Rey Mysterio, it like it revitalized his entire career. So he's the guy who actually got. So I was interested in it for years, just hearing about it. I chatted with Ray and, and Bobby Lashley. They had both went to Medellin, Colombia, uh, a place called Bio Accelerator, and they they just spoke so highly of it. Where I actually, funny enough, was was in the process of signing up for it to to actually treat my knees and my shoulders and stuff from prior surgeries. And in the process of me trying to figure out, you know, a timeline to go out there for a week, this hip thing happened. And it, the surgery to, to me came out of the blue. I had no idea this was going to happen. Uh, so it just ended up lining up in a weird way where it was like, okay, well now I'm out for, you know, six to nine months rehabbing and I got time. I can go to Columbia whenever I want. So it timed out in that sense. Perfect. Because oftentimes with the wrestlers, they'll go get stem cells and they're back in the ring within, you know, one or two weeks. I got the stem cells and I was able to just rest for about three months. So it really, I got like a real full benefit for it. Uh, so, and they say the best of it comes six to 12 months later. So 
I'm only about four months out right now. So I'm really hoping that it just continues because I feel unbelievable from it. Uh, it. Like I wasn't sure if it was going to be like a placebo effect, of course, but it's been such a good experience. That's awesome. That's That seems like such a game changer for people. And it's great to hear because, yeah. I mean, like getting rid of pain, that you know, nagging pain or making things stronger, like, God, that's only going to help everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it's like for me. I just, you know, you have so much wear and tear and it's, osteoarthritis just bone on bone crap and that's what i was dealing with my knees and stuff it's just and like bobby kept saying he's like man i couldn't even squat i couldn't even squat and i didn't i was like it can't be as good as they're saying that just doesn't sound real and it's about that damn good i mean i'm i'm relatively pain-free now which is crazy for me to be able to say uh so i and of course i i've changed a lot i've changed the way i train dramatically since getting hurt uh and really i I train in a much more intelligent uh method now and stuff so i do think that's assisted it but the stem cells definitely helped accelerate this all so then okay so did 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 something specifically happen to aggravate it during that match with lashley and then just kind of you decided to get everything fixed or what what went down no so somewhere around the start of uh 2.0 I started, what would happen is I would take any forward bump, uh, like a power slam, a suplex, anything where I flipped and landed. And I would get this thing where like I would bump and then my left side, my glute, my hamstring, my, it's hard to even explain it. Like it's kind of, it felt like something that wrapped around from my lower back through the groin and stuff would just kind of go numb and weak. I would, I would like, I wouldn't be able to stand on my left foot at all. Uh, but then it would go away, it'd be temporary. It would stay for you know, 20 seconds or so, bad pain. You'd breathe through it. Maybe I'd roll out of the ring or something, and I would carry on. With the NXT 2.0 schedule, especially uh, coming off the pandemic and everything, it was a light schedule. So say that happened in a match on a Tuesday, I might not have a match the next Tuesday. I might get two weeks of rest. I almost wouldn't even think about it. Anymore. And then it would happen again. That was happening, you know, fairly often not enough for me to be alarmed by it though uh and then when i started to go on the road and take on that full-time schedule and do the live events and stuff it just got to the point where i was like oh crap this happened saturday sunday monday and that pain's worse and worse and worse and it finally got to a point where we were on a live event and we had tried a lot at this point i was i've done some injections i've done i've just i've done a lot of treatments and um it just happened like, I don't know, two or three times in one match. And I just remember the last one, it was a suplex. I want to say off the second, not even off the top. And when it landed, I just remember that, I, you know, that pale white, I think I'm going to throw up like the exact feeling I had when I tore my ACL. And I just kept thinking to myself, like, you just have to get up for a spare. Like, it's all you have to do and just finish it and just get in. But that ended up, you know, being the last time I was in a ring, and that was sometime in September of last year. And then when I finally went to get it fixed, I mean, there's so much was wrong. Like I had bulging discs in my back, SI joint was closed off, hip labrum was torn to shreds, uh, a bone was like rubbing up against something. It was just a mess. Like the MRI had a lot of language in it, I didn't understand. So the surgery and the rehab wasn't very fun, I won't lie. It was like kind of miserable at points. When I went out to Columbia, I honestly was at a point where I was like, holy crap, like a little bit depressed, like a little bit like I might have had my last match and it was in freaking 
whatever town on a live event, not how I envisioned it being. Uh, so the stem cells really, really were a game changer. Uh, working with, you know, Lauren and Tara, who are the PTs down at the Performance Center, just really educating myself about, like, at 38 years old, like, how you have to kind of change up some of your, your methods and your training and mobility. And it was a freaking mess, man. It was not a fun time at all. I, the, the saving grace was being home with the little one and my wife, a uh, great support system, but it was rough. Man, that yeah, that that sounds rough for sure because I can imagine just knowing like seeing that list of injuries, knowing what you've dealt with prior and how hard it was to come back from those things. I can only imagine it would feel like the the biggest uphill climb imaginable. But to see that you've done it and not only done it but stayed motivated in a way to come back at a level that was even better than before, I think is really commendable. Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, I think for me uh and most wrestlers probably like when I had my neck surgery, I definitely was like, this is the last time I'm rehabbing. Like, I, like I, this can't, it can't get worse. The hip threw me because I just thought the worst of it was behind me. You know, you have the neck and you're like, that's gotta be it. Uh, I also, you know, was excited for that opportunity to finally do it on raw SmackDown main roster. So I think that this, this last reset has really given me this new perspective of just, it really can be taken away from you at any time. And like, I just want to make sure I do everything I possibly can to give people like what I view as the best version of myself going forward. Cause I just feel like I haven't even scratched the surface. Like mentally I'm so much sharper than I've ever been. Uh, I have all these ideas. Like it's, it's absurd the amount of ideas and promo ideas and story ideas. And I just want, there's so much I want to accomplish. So I'm just freaking hoping, man. I'm hoping that the, the injury gods just leave me alone for a while so I can hopefully do this and, and live up to my potential. Well, it's nice to see from a viewer perspective and just a fan perspective. I feel like in this you know short time that you've been back, I, I'm seeing kind of shades or not even shades of, I'm seeing a full-blown, ver- like a full-blown advanced version of the best Champa that we've seen over the years. Like it's kind of taking everything that's been the best of you and kind of combining it into one. Like we see the chair, you know, back- doing promos on a chair again, which is awesome. You're getting, you know, no one will survive back. You're kind of like, you have that intensity in you right now where you're like not just talking about what's in front of you, but how you want a world championship and how you want a main event WrestleMania and all these things and promos. And I think that it comes across as like, okay, this is the Ciampa who could be a world champion within the next year of being on the main roster. Yeah. And you know, a lot of that is just happenstance too, in the sense of like, I, I think it's just, just doing it. Like the, the chair promo was just kind of me during the week. I, I got this idea. I'm just going to film this and then I hope you like it, you know? And then it luckily it got enough likes and enough, you know, support that it, it, it making it on television blew my mind. I was like, Oh crap. That wasn't even what I intended for. I just was like, oh, I want some Instagram content, you know? And, and I, I, like I said, I just have all these ideas right now. And I just like, I love storytelling. And I think being away from it, it just made me realize, man, I just want, so badly to have this portfolio that people can go like 
whoever he's with and however long he's with it, he really maximizes those minutes and he makes it feel like it's bigger than it is. And uh, I just, but it, it's just sometimes getting lucky, you know, like the, you said that promo, like about wanting WrestleMania and wanting world titles and stuff. That's literally just a social media guy saying, Hey man, we're going to catch up with you. Is that cool? And then then you know, Hey, is there anything you want me to say? No, no, say whatever you want. Great. <laughs> Best thing you can tell me, because I've got a, I've got a million of these. If you want to do one a day, I'll get you through a few years. And if you're telling me I can say whatever I want, like, I'm, like that, that, I don't know. That's to me, that's the secret, man. If, if, if you let me talk, I'm gonna get people to believe in me, and I'm gonna get over because, you know, I, I don't have catchphrases, but I, I just, I know how. Like I, I get the psychology of a promo and I get the psychology of a match. And that's like, for me, it's like, damn, man, if you give me that, that opportunity and, and a, an open landscape, like, oh, that's, that's the part of the business I love so much. It, it amazes me with, with social media out there and how easy it is to have a million views on a video, let's say. It amazes me that more people in the business don't do what you're talking about there of just... I'm home, I've got this idea in my head, I'm going to shoot a promo. Because I do think that a majority of the wrestlers who are over across the industry, a lot of them got that way because they were doing that kind of stuff. They were taking it outside of the show and doing it on social media, doing it at a, at a, at a you know signing or doing it here and there, doing it with a social media guy backstage for a few minutes. And I do think that those are the things that help people stand out. And I think that people wrestling fans underestimate that so that, that there are people like you who are doing it on your own yeah i mean it, you gotta put yourself out there for it that's one you have, you have to have material uh and like a reason for it like i, I would never want to cut a promo just to cut a promo like i i want there to be some sort of substance to it you know so that's probably i assume that would be a drawback for some people because it's like if you don't feel like you're in something that you can sink your teeth into. It's like, oh, I want to talk, but I don't really have something to talk about. Uh, like for my first run with WWE on the main roster, I remember being up there for a few months going, man, I really want to start talking. And I didn't have anything to talk about until Miz started doing stuff with Logan Paul. And then I was like, oh, they kind of gave me a little bit of a green light. I was like, okay. And then I got the Bobby Lashley stuff. I was like, okay, here we go. Uh, and then unfortunately the, the injury happened. So I already had that mentality coming back of like, you, you really got to look for that opportunity and then make it bigger than it is because, you know, no one on a creative team or anything, like they're, they're just giving you the, the structure. Like after that, you can make things so much bigger and better and more believable than they are if you can just like I don't know you just push through it and find those little details and stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's so it's hard. But even like a Zack Ryder, you know, or you know Matt Cardona, where it was like had nothing going for himself, so he made something going for himself and kind of yeah. forced himself to get on TV. And I know that's talking about one of the best examples of it. Show and television are two different games. Like, it's crazy. If, to be, an, to be a successful independent wrestler, to be a successful social media presence, to be a successful TV wrestler, three completely different entities, three completely different uh, skill sets and, and philosophies and mindsets, the psychology of the three, like 
it's really fast to me it's fascinating like it's it's like write a book word to be fascinating because it's just to succeed in the in the different uh in those three different worlds is so challenging and it takes just a completely different mindset like it really is it's it's there's one thing to be like here is your direction here is your like i'll give you an example if i'm given a promo for television and it's kind of written my job isn't to say i have a better idea let me change it and write it this way my job is to say how can i do this as close to exact exactly the way it's written but in the best possible way like how can i do exactly what you're asking me to do and deliver it and change my tone and change my you know my uh my intensity or whatever it'd be like it may just make it as good as possible whereas on social it's coming up with the content and and giving your own content and putting a little bit of your own passion into it and stuff so those are two different things but both skill sets are, are invaluable you know like you, you want to have both you want to be able to understand when you're being asked to do one or the other uh and that's hard that's hard at first because you know you kind of have to suck up your ego for a little bit to do the television stuff um but it, i i know I, I love it i love the different challenges of the two i i find both it, to me it's almost like tag team wrestling and singles wrestling like they're both so different and i love them both so much how far in advance did you know that you'd be returning on raw i was given the green light maybe three weeks prior uh where, whenever we were in albany I, I flew out to albany to kind of have my last checkup with all the, the medical and stuff um and then it just kind of was just a waiting game of you know uh creatively having something to do um so that was i think it was like three weeks it's kind of nice too because it it gave me like three extra weeks of kind of intense dieting so i felt like oh i came back and kind of better shape than I envisioned. So, uh, yeah, I think it was about three weeks though. Dude, you're shredded. I was, I was watching when I was prepping for this, a video of you from back in NXT forever ago, it feels like. And it was just a back, it was like an interview that you were doing about something off the cuff, not like for the show. And I was like, man, it, I, it's been so long. You don't even notice it, but I was like, geez, he is like a different person when it comes to his muscles. Now, like you're so jacked. Well, dude, when I started with NXT, I mean, I could hardly do push-ups. Like, my shoulders were so jacked up. Like, and and even when I signed with uh, NXT, I remember we knew already. Like, one of them, both had to be fixed, but one like had to be fixed. And it just was that that thing of where you have the discussion with you know everybody of like, hey, I so I can get by, and and we're not at higher risk. Like, what's done is already done. The damage. Uh, but it was like, we'll wait for the right window to fix it. So when I tore my knee in that ladder match with AOP and DIY, that obviously was like, okay, well now I'm out for nine months. So I had the shoulders fixed too at the same time. So that was really when everything changed for me physically, because I just remember, you know, five, six months after my ACL surgery, being like, holy crap, I can lift, I can press overhead, I can chest press, I can do push-ups. It just like all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I feel like me again. I feel like a 21 year old version of me. And I just knew, like, oh, like, you know, at that time, that's when Johnny had a crazy transformation. He got a, a nutritionist uh, that he hooked up with. So I hooked up with the same nutritionist. But that that's really what it was. It was, it was the time off with those injuries. 
and being able to physically train properly and then having the nutritionist help me and guide me because I never really understood how to do the food part on my own. Uh, but yeah, it's night and day if you look back to early DIY or even like Ring of Honor or something compared to now. Uh, I'm like super proud of the transformation because I've always been like in my head, I've always been a body guy. So uh, yeah, it's, it takes a lot of freaking work though. Dude, you should definitely be proud of it because, yeah, when I was looking at it, and I, like I said, I already knew you were jacked. We were talking before. You're a you very intimidating guy in person. But I, when I saw this, I was like, yeah, yeah, no, he's uh, night and day, night and day, and it's awesome. And, and it makes sense as to now you're like your best self and you're coming back strong. Uh, you know, you talked about when you were out, how you were kind of worried that that last match, not on TV, was going to be your last one uh, in the middle of wherever. Um when you got to return, what was that day like for you personally, knowing that there was a point in the time away where you thought you might not even come back? You know, it's weird. I I never, I shouldn't say never, hardly ever do I get emotional prior to you or in the moment. Uh, it's always like sitting on an airplane reflecting after. Uh, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> the amount of times I've, shed a tear on an airplane and people next to me are like what the hell is wrong like especially i look in the way i do i probably look like a crazy lunatic <laughs> but um day of it was it was because i i think i just get so focused on like it's business as usual you know and i'm just like it's just i forget who i was talking to about this a week or two ago it was one of the one of the women wrestlers and i can't think of who but they were asking like do you get nervous before you go out and i was just like you know, this This is exactly the demeanor you get until I walk out the curtain. Like, I just, I'm so, it's just, like, I don't know. Like, I'm just so, I guess, confident in it. And, like, I, it's just, I, I don't, being relaxed is what helps me perform and stuff. So that day, it was very much just, like, go with the flow. Things changed a little bit here and there throughout the day. Um, I, I really have good chemistry with Mike. Um, so that made that part easy. You know, when you're out there with somebody who's been doing it for 20 years and they're great and their timing is great and stuff, it just, there's nothing to worry about. You know, you just, you just get to go have fun. That was the best part for me. Cause when I walked out the curtain, especially that first one, like Cleveland treated me really good that night. Uh, and, and I didn't have a clue that my music was going to be no one will survive until literally seconds before walking out the curtain did they tell you uh, did someone tell you right before you walked out i was i hope this isn't like too inside or too backstage but i was just you know doing my warm-up my stretches and i said to somebody um hey what what's my music gonna be and they were like i i don't know i didn't i guess we should have thought about that no rehearsal or anything you know and they were like what what do you want it to be and i said well the new the new one uh, I think they called it Renegade. I yeah. said, the new one is very good. I like it a lot. I said, it is also very slow and fantastic when I'm like a me methodical heel. I said, but I do have this old NXT music that is probably better for this specific scenario where I'm just going to come be a surprise. And then that was it. That was a whole code conversation. And then like sec that was like uh, probably three minutes before I went out. And then seconds before I went out, 
I just, it wasn't even to me. It was just like somebody did thumbs up and just like looking past me went, no one will survive. And I just, wait, what did I do? What? And I was, I was amped when I heard it. And then the crowd reaction was so darn good uh, that that specific, man, that's one of the most fun, like if you just go by like, this is fun. Like it was physically an easy match, you know? Um, funny enough, the last time I, I wrestled Mike was in Buffalo when when the guys got stuck in Saudi Arabia yep. and NXT invaded. And that was one of those chaotic, like, here we plan these two things and let's go out there. And I remember the same feeling then of like, this was so darn fun. Like, so yeah, it was, it was just a blast. Like it really, you know, there was no pressure and it just, it was just awesome. And the crowd was so good that that like, if the crowd is good like that, like, Oh, it makes this the best job. Like it really does. You were probably like, wait, that's all I had to do to get no one will survive back was just suggest it to someone. <laughs> I, I still, I don't even, honestly, when I came out uh, two weeks ago, um, yeah, two weeks ago, and, and Miz attacked me on the entrance there, they had the No One Will Survive with the, the beeps before. So the beeps for me are like super awesome. So that was like a thing I had way back in Ring of Honor. So when I heard the beeps, I literally, <laughs> I was in the back and I hear the beeps and I just looked at whoever was next to me. I was like, Holy crap! I got the beeps back, and I like walked up the curtain. I had no idea, uh, and it's just—I don't know. It's just yeah, awesome. And like, um, I, sometimes you just get lucky with stuff. I have no—I—I I don't know how anything works. I really don't. I—I I stay so focused on the stuff I can control, and I just—I just don't worry about the stuff I can't. And so when stuff like that happens, it's just like—it's like having gravy on the mashed potatoes. You're like this is freaking fantastic. Well, you know, in mentioning the you know old NXT stuff, and you mentioned Johnny and D DIY, um, I've read a lot of talk on social media from people wanting to see DIY uh, reunite on the main roster. Is that something that still interests you, or is that kind of in the past for you? So, I mean, the dream match that I always see, I guess there's two, but the one that jumps a lot is with uh, uh, Sammy and Kevin, kind of parallels to their relationship in ours uh those are two guys that man like i have insane chemistry with Sami Zayn. johnny has insane chemistry with kevin uh and really good friends of ours and all that i mean that would be such a dream match for us let alone for just fans um usos are just like a different level uh kofi and i started like months apart on the independence at the same school I've never done anything with him in WWE. Uh, the idea of them being New Day again when he gets healthy. Uh, Ivar, uh, when he was handsome Johnny, he's the first guy who trained me and broke me into the business. So the idea of doing stuff with Viking Raiders, like that to me, all of those scenarios and the stories we could likely tell with those guys. And like Johnny and I have a real passion for tag team wrestling and the psychology of it and making it mean something holding the freaking tag rope and feet on the apron and no never breaking a five count like i think if we could bring some of that in and then all of a sudden get with these freaking you know larger than life superstars i it's just could be it could be a special run um so i definitely am open to it uh to be honest like i just i want so badly to 
stay healthy and get the opportunity to just tell great stories and have great programs where people can just like five years from now be like, man, I don't want them to be so easily to make it easy where they're just like, oh, he had that one great match with so-and-so or that one great program. Like, I want it to be one of those like rapid fires where it's like, oh, and then they did that. The, the Uso thing, and they did the thing with Kevin and, and Sammy, and then and then they they did the thing where they went and did their own thing, and they were separate, and he had that thing with Gunther, and it, like I just wanted like oh I remember him and Randy, like I want it to just be this like portfolio where you're just like, well damn that was a hell of a career, what a run, you know. So whether that's doing DIY, whether that's doing stuff against Johnny, which would be like obviously a dream scenario at some point, um, but yeah, I just. I, yeah, I just want opportunity, man. Me being a PWG guy, hearing the idea of DIY versus Sammy and Kevin just gets me pumped. I'm like, oh, it's like two different generations of PWG kind of combined there. Yeah, and and there's so many. I think we could have so much fun, too, with that smarter fan base of, like, I mean, there's always that underlying, can Johnny trust me and can Sammy trust him? And then Kevin and I are like we're we're buddies uh, in real life, but like we we have a bit of a similarity to us, and I just think we could really have fun and do some stuff in whether it's backstages and vignette. I, I like I said, I just all I've got is time and ideas, and you know, you just write them in your phone and you just wait for the time to happen where you can actually put them in, in into existence. But yeah, it would be for it would be amazing amazing like i mean especially like i just think when i think back to when we were diy in johnny and i's own personal journey to now we are significantly better performers than we were then like significantly especially for myself i really evolved uh and kind of found myself and come in my own john i feel like johnny found himself in his stride earlier than i found my own uh but that element of like okay, you guys dug what we were doing then. Wait until you see what we can do now. Uh, I just feel like, I don't know, but if, if the opportunity was there and, it, and we get to get rolling and stuff, I, just, I think we could really turn out some awesome, awesome content. I actually think that I, even though Johnny, you say he found it sooner, I actually do think that in the time that's passed since you know you guys haven't been doing stuff together anymore, he has grown in terms of like, being a character he already had that wrestling so dialed in he he he's so good in the ring he just knows what to do in there but i i feel like in the time that passed he really showed to everybody that he had the other side too he had the character chops to do whatever is asked of him whenever for whatever story is needed yeah and i know that you know there was a bit where he wanted to be a heel he wanted to have some fun with that and it's hard in, in that NXT environment after you after you have success there. It's hard to be a heel because it, it just it's its own world, right? You know, it is what it is. Uh, I would be interested to see what heel Johnny Gargano did on the main roster with that audience. That's a whole different game. I mean, I've actually talked to him about it too in the past. Man, DIY would never ever heels together. Uh, that's a whole different dynamic, a whole new story. There's, there's so much. There's so much we can do. I, I do. I just. I think the best version of Johnny is Johnny Wrestling. You know, just like I think the best version of me is obsessive Blackheart. 
Um, but you can't play that the whole way through. Like, you know, that has to have peaks and valleys. Um, so where we both go, I, I just, I genuinely have no idea where we both go next. I don't, uh, but we're definitely open to doing stuff. Well, I'm interested. I'm excited to see where it goes. You know, my favorite thing about interviewing you now, this is the second time I've had you on the podcast. The other one was shorter because it was in person. You had things going on. My favorite thing about interviewing you is that we've gotten on so many interesting journeys on the way to the end of the podcast that I don't even get to half of my questions with you. I don't even get to my, get to my closing with you just because – so much rattle it man i got nowhere to be kids <laughs> well, are already freaking well, worn out from this you got me <laughs> well i got someone hopping on right after you otherwise i would oh, continue here it. but i will say though like i really do enjoy chatting with you on here i think that you have such a great brain for professional wrestling and i always learn something from you when i have you on now and on top of that get to have like an interesting conversation which i really appreciate so Thank you so much for coming on today, and I'm I you've you've sold me on the potential of DIY reuniting. Now I'm into it. I'm into the idea now. Yeah, I mean, shoot, man. Uh, I, I I wish I knew more of what the future held. Sometimes, sometimes I don't wish because, like, I, I like the surprise. Uh, I just I hope that both of us find our way because you've seen so many NXT guys or just guys in general, right? Go up to the main roster. It's sink or swim. It's, 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 it's hard up there. It's, it's just, there's so many factors that are out of your control. Uh, so many. So I just hope both of us have can find our way, you know, and last long enough to get enough television exposure and enough equity that we get to, you know, essentially live out our dreams because like, I know how talented he is. Uh, and I feel like both of us have this unlimited potential. If, if we can just, just got to crack that door open. So well, we'll I, see what happens. I know how talented you are too. So I have massive faith in the both of you being able to do that. And I really do appreciate you coming on here today. Uh, I, Get uh, probably gonna work out or something after this, since that seems to be the main thing that you're usually doing these days. But uh, but uh, no, we got a recovery day. We're gonna okay. do a sauna, a <laughs> cold plunge. We're done for the day. Okay, well, go enjoy your cold plunge. And really, I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it, man. Peace. All right, that was my conversation with Tommaso Champa. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Super cool guy. The the love he has for his family, the love he has for the business, is super inspiring hope you guys really dug that conversation before i get out of here make sure you're following wwe on fox on social media twitter instagram facebook tiktok and also threads i'm on threads wwe on fox is on threads so make sure you're threading with wwe on fox that's where you can find all the same content that we post on social media everywhere else and more so don't forget to go follow us on threads and me more importantly, me, but also WWF Fox, I'll be honest. Uh, and make sure you're subscribed to the Add a Character podcast feed as well. That's where you can get the audio version of this show every week. And if you feel like giving me some charity, leave a rating or a review as well. It helps us on the charts, and it helps people know that the show is worth listening to. All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this has been Add a Character.